Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. I am your host, Michael Delaware. And today I'm going to get into the subject of bear encounters. So bear with me as I try to get down to the bear necessity on these tales. Yes, I know that was unbearable, wasn't it? <laughs> See what I did there? So after my episode a few weeks ago on wolf encounters, I made mention of possibly doing another on bear encounters. And I had a lot of people reach out to me on social media suggesting I do this. So I took a look at the stories that I had on file and I decided that I didn't have quite enough to do a really good podcast episode. So I spent several hours researching more stories. So that's what I've got compiled here is the stories that I found in addition to some of the other ones I'd found over the course of time. So now I'm going to go through some of these bear encounters. Now, unlike wolf encounters, some of those were quite frightening and very deadly. And the pack of wolves, to me, scares me a lot more than a single bear. But the bear encounters did have their danger associated with them. And you'll find that some of the stories are quite, how shall we say, grisly? Now, these stories won't conjure up memories too much of Baloo from the Jungle Book or Winnie the Pooh, but they're quite interesting to say the least, and they do tell a story about bear encounters in Michigan. I'm going to try to concentrate on southwest Michigan, but some of the stories come from mid and even part of the east part of Michigan. So, got a little bit of a mix for everybody here. Now, this first story happened in 1872, and it was an article in the Battle Creek Journal about an incident in Elk Rapids, which is way up north, just above Traverse City. And it was, uh, I'll just read you what it says. It's a very short story. It says, Pat Kennedy, a young lad living near Elk Rapids, was attacked by a bear a few days ago, and but for the vigorous defense offered by his little dog would have been dispatched. As it was, he was considerably injured and had his clothes all torn off. So that bear did get a piece of him, but he was no match for his little dog. The next story I found was run in the Hillsdale Standard in 1879, in August of that year. And the story goes, a boy, nine years old of Fremont, Nuevo County, was attacked by a bear cub and had his clothes nearly torn off him. The cries of the child brought both the cub's mother and the boy's mother to the conflict. Others also arrived and the bear family hastened away. The boy was not much hurt, but terribly frightened. Now, I seem to think there's probably a lot more to that story than made the newspaper. Uh, perhaps like the little boy approaching the bear and thinking it was a uh, dog or something to play with. Who knows? This next story ran in the Marshall Statesman in August of 1884. And this incident happened over in Muskegon County near Black Lake. And it reads, there is great excitement at Black Lake, Muskegon County, over the report that a woman had been attacked by a bear while out burying last Sunday in the locality and killed. Evidences of a struggle are reported and shreds of a dress are said to have been found on bushes. And then it says, no person seems to have been actually missed. And until some woman doesn't stand up when the roll is called, it is safe to put the story down to the credit 
of a good scare. So it makes you wonder why that newspaper even carried the story to begin with. Now, this next story is one of my uh, favorites, I think, of this batch of research. It was quite amusing somewhat and a little bit odd. This story ran in the New York Tribune, but it was about an incident that happened in Michigan near a sawmill that was uh, on one of the rivers in Michigan. And it must have been, it sounds like it was either southwest or mid-Michigan, doesn't name a particular area. Um, But the article ran in 1885, and the title of the article is How Bruin Hugged a Buzzsaw. And then it starts talking about funny things, said a big bronzed bearded man in the reading room of an uptown hotel. The funniest thing I have ever heard happened was in my sawmill out in Michigan. We used to have a heavy, upright saw for sawing heavy timber. One day, the men had all gone to dinner, leaving the saw, which ran by water power. They left it going at full speed. While we were away, a big black bear came into the mill and went to nosing around. The saw caught his fur and twitched him a little. Bruin didn't like this for his scent, so he turned around and fetched the saw a lick with his paw. Result? A badly cut paw. A blow with the other paw followed and it was also cut. The bear was by this time aroused to a perfect fury and rushed at the saw. He caught it in his grass and gave it a tremendous hug. It was his last hug. And we lived on bear steaks for a week. When we came up from dinner, there was half a bear on each side of the saw, which was going ahead as nicely as though it had never seen a bear. This is a fact, so help me Bob, said the big lumberman as he bit off a big, fresh chew of tobacco. So there's some insight into a Michigan sawmill that um, you probably never heard before. Now, this next story comes from a newspaper called The True Northerner, and it was published in 1891. This newspaper was published over in Pawpaw, Michigan. The article is a very short one. It's about a story from Linwood, Bay County, Michigan. And it says, rumors from Linwood, Bay County are to the effect that a six-year-old boy, while out gathering nuts, was killed and eaten by a bear. The bloody clothing and bones have just been discovered by a searching party. So that was the extent of that little story. A year later, the true northerner carried the story in 1892. A monster bear chased an Elmer City, Salinac County resident out of the woods yesterday. And that was the only mention. So must have been a pretty big bear to be called a monster bear. In 1886, this ran in the Sunday morning call here in Battle Creek. And this incident happened here in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yesterday, as a lady was out rowing on the Battle Creek River near Union Street Bridge, she ran across some obstruction and discovered it to be a black bear floating dead upon the water. Some men went to the river and examined the animal and found a rope around it. It cannot be conjectured where it came from. So that's kind of an odd story about a bear. Probably somebody had captured it and had a rope around it, or maybe it came from a circus. Um, This was 1886. Off the Battle Creek River, right near Union Street. Now, this next story was run in the Battle Creek 
moon in 1898. And I came across the story a couple of different times. It didn't happen in Michigan, but it was so hilarious that I decided to include it here eh, because it ran in the Battle Creek moon. And I think it was quite entertaining. So it happened over in Pennsylvania. And the story headline is called A Bear on a Cowcatcher. Now, if you're not familiar with what a cowcatcher is, it is that metal V-shaped cage, you might call, at the front of a train. And it was something they put on some of the earlier trains. There's still some versions of it on modern day trains, but they used to be very pointed and it was to push the cows and stuff off the tracks. And so this is the story of a bear on a cowcatcher. And it happened... on a railroad train passing through Wilders near Alouette Run, Pennsylvania. Engineer was astonished to see a black bear coming around a sharp curve. The cut was so narrow and it was hardly room for a man to stand aside and allow an engine to pass without striking him. The Bruin was more amazed than the engineer. Instead of stepping aside, he reared up on his haunches and awaited events. The locomotive was running less than 20 miles an hour or the place was a dangerous one it was kind of a narrow area upon seeing the bear the engineer shut off the steam and applied the brakes but the distance was too short to escape an accident the cowcatcher slid under his hind legs and lifted him off the ground thinking all trouble was over the engineer put on the steam once more while the fireman climbed out of the cab and stole along the guardrail to see what had happened to the bear because they couldn't see from their vantage point. They assumed that he'd been bumped off the tracks. But the bear was there, clasping to the cowcatcher, the lower part of his body just grazing the ground and his head almost reaching the bottom of the headlight. He seemed to understand that the only thing that he could do was to hold fast. And so he did so during the run all the way the next 10 miles to the next station. The station agent was standing at the station door when the train pulled up. And the sight of a full grown bear on a cowcatcher fairly took him out of his breath. As soon as the engine came to a standstill, the Bruin slipped from his perch and made a break for freedom. This soon took him straight towards the agent. So this bear jumps off the cowcatcher and he is running at the agent. He leaps through the rear door apparently of the train station door and he ends up getting out and runs up the street and there's people chasing him calling bear bear somebody get a gun soon the whole town was out in turmoil with a crowd yelling and following in hot pursuit of the bear some of the boys in the uh, town were throwing rocks at the bear and suddenly a big shepherd dog bounced out of a yard and, and dashed after the bear the Bruin paused for a minute or two as he passed by the barking dog but had no further interest in the dog and kept running. At the street corner, when the bear got to the next street corner, a lawyer came out with a double-barreled shotgun face-to-face with the bear, but the bear took a turn and ran down the nearest alley. The crowd increased and encircled the frightened animal, making escape impossible. The Bruin backed up against a barn and reared up on his haunches. The lawyer sent two bullets into the bear, whereupon the wounded animal charged the crowd. One person in the crowd fell down and was trampled upon and had his leg broken. The lawyer slipped another bullet into his gun and took a shot at the bear and apparently
accidentally hit him and killed him. By that time, the engineer and fireman recalled that there was a trainload of passengers that were waiting for them at the station, and they hurried back to resume their official duties after a bear hunt that took about 20 minutes running through the downtown streets. So that's kind of a bizarre story. Um, I think I would just let that bear go. I mean, I don't understand why they had to really get into the hunt mode with him. He probably was more interested in getting the heck out of there than he was doing any harm. But, well, you know, that's the way people are sometimes. Anyways, this happened in 1898. And I thought it was very entertaining when I read it. So I hope you enjoyed that part of it. Let's get back to some Michigan stories now. Now, these next three stories all happened in Michigan in November of 1902. The first one happened on November 17th, and it occurred in Centerville, Michigan. And here's what it said. Word has been received that W.H. Redfield of this place, who was up in the Upper Peninsula with a party of hunters while hunting, was attacked by a bear and narrowly escaped death. It appears that Redfield fired two shots, but neither was effective. Before he could reload his gun, the bear was upon him. He called for help, but he was frightfully injured before any arrived. The report states that it was necessary to have one arm amputated and that one of his party had started home with him. So that was about a Centerville, Michigan man who went hunting in the Upper Peninsula area and had an unfortunate encounter with a bear. The next incident happened over in Kent County in in Sparta. I had a story earlier in this episode about Sparta and here's another incident with a woman being chased by a bear. Sparta, while passing through a place in the woods in Ashland Township, a woman was chased by a black bear. She escaped without any injury and hunters were looking for the animal. This is the first time a bear had been seen in this part of the state in 20 years. The woman is the wife of a farmer named Gott. So she was out in the woods and got chased. Oh, in this third article I clipped was actually about the same incident. It was just run at a later date. The same woman in Sparta being chased by a bear. This next story uh, was run in April of 1906 in the Morning Inquirer here in Battle Creek. And it is the story of a black bear that had to be killed twice before it was dead. The incident occurred over in Standish, Michigan, and it goes that L.P. Lundy and his son Harley came across a big black bear in the hollow of a tree while out prospecting yesterday. Firing two loads of shot into the animal, they believed that they had killed her. After they had brought her into town with two captive cubs, dead bear suddenly came to life and frightened the entire population. That was gathered around in an admiring group. Lundy got his gun out again and killed the animal a second time. Obviously, he didn't kill him the first time or kill her. But, you know, tell the story however you want to, guys. So this next story comes from Albion, Michigan, and it involves a deputy sheriff named Mallory. Deputy Sheriff Mallory of Albion has just returned from Lake County, Michigan, where he spent three days in search of a man for whom he had a warrant. Mr. Mallory was not after bigger game than a mere man, and he was only armed with a small pocket cannon. Last Friday night, as he was returning from a 21 
mile drive with his team of ponies, suddenly his ponies leaped into the bush at the side of the road and tried to climb a tree. Mallory discovered the reason as his buggy came to a standstill beside a large black bear. Mr. Bear resented the interference with his mediations and with a grunt rose to his hind legs and waved his paws in a suggestive manner. Mr. Mallory hastened to persuade his ponies of their inability to climb trees and started them at a mile a gate towards the town and safety. Mr. Mallory brought back his man, but his better judgment prevented him from training his pocket artillery at the bear. I found that one somewhat amusing. Now this next story ran in the Marshall Daily News in December of 1909 and it was a pretty large article and it was entitled Recollections of One of Calhoun County's Earliest Pioneers and it was related in a paper written by the late Caroline L. Cameron and she goes into a lot of her early pioneer experiences living in the county, describing how the fireplace was how they furnished light in the evenings for study and things that they were doing. Um, also involvement with the local Indians. They saw no people other than the Indians on occasion. Uh, they apparently lived near one of the Indian trails and the Indians would come down the trail periodically and they would venture to trade with them. And her mother was scared of the Indians at first, but her solution was to bake them cornbread and her viewpoint was to um, make friends through their stomach so she baked all kinds of cornbread and shared it with the Indians and they were delighted with it and they traded with her berries and all sorts of other goods and products um, that they produced and anyways in this article this pioneer included a incident about being chased by a bear and here's what they said uh, I guess it was a woman that wrote the article when I was about five years old my mother and I one day had been to the neighbors half a mile away when returning home had but one 40-acre field yet to cross, which was thickly grown with brush to the height of a man's head. My mother, for some unknown reason, looked back over the path we had just passed and saw a large black bear following close on her trail. She said to me, there is a bear behind us. I started the run, but she told me to stop. She explained that my running would incite the bear to give chase. With an effort to allay our fears and still a greater effort to keep me still, we walked on till the house. When sufficiently close to be heard, she called to Jack, the big dog, and he came to our rescue and treed the bear when later one of our workmen shot it. So this article was published in 1909, but it was referring to incidents that happened in the early 1830s when they um, were pioneer settlers in the area of Albion in Calhoun County. The next story I found was from 1928 in June, and it was an incident that uh, happened over in Manistee, Michigan. The article was run in the Battle Creek Inquirer and the Evening News, and the story's headline is, Opens Garage to Get Car, Finds Black Bear. June 21st, Manistee residents were startled earlier today when a 300-pound black bear wandered through the residential section of the city, tore down a couple of fences, and appeared in the path of workmen on their way to factories. William Feeney, paper manufacturer, found the bear in his garage when he entered to get his car. State policeman Darwin Pickle, Darwin Pickle, <laughs> oh God, 
State Policeman Darwin Pickle gave chase as the bear ran through the yard of the state police post. City police joined him, but the bear swam Manistee Harbor to East Lake, a distance of one half mile, and disappeared into the wild country back of the village. So you could say that that bear outran a pickle. Now, this next story happened in Kalamazoo in 1934, and it was in May of 1934, and this incident did not happen with a wild bear. Let me just read you the article. It's kind of a, a bizarre story. Kalamazoo man recovers after attack by bear. Willis Ralph, employee of the city park department, is recovering from wounds suffered when he was attacked by a black bear in the Millam Park Zoo. Ralph had entered the bear's quarters at feeding time before Albert Carson, zookeeper, could beat the bear off with a club. Ralph had suffered deep teeth wounds on the right leg and also was bruised when knocked to the floor by the suddenly infuriated animal. So get this, the guy wanders into the bear's cage right around feeding time and he blames the bear for thinking that he's his dinner? Ah, something wrong with that story. All right, let's move on. Okay, so this next bear story actually happened in Battle Creek in 2008. And many people listening to this probably remember this incident when it happened. Um, I, I actually remember it because it was... Uh, uh, it was right around the corner from my house, pretty much. Um, I lived in that neighborhood. And it was an incident where at about 2 in the morning, the police officers were looking for, uh, they, they were responding to another call on domestic violence or something or other. And I guess they were looking for some person. And the police officers shined a, a light down the street and a bear stood up on his hind legs. And he radioed in, he said, I guess I I need some sleep. I think I just saw a bear. But um, the dispatcher was able to confirm that someone else had called in earlier that evening indicating they had seen a bear and um, apparently had a close encounter with it, uh, possibly riding some bicycles really late at night. So this was roughly about 2 a.m. in the morning. So they pursued down the street where they saw the bear and ultimately yep, determined, yes, there was a bear there indeed. And they proceeded to take shots at it with a gun. Their reasoning they described in the article, which if you read it in the context and the viewpoint of the police officer, it makes very, very much sense to them. This was a heavily residential area and the bear was in proximity to an elementary school. And uh, this was roughly around 2 a.m., 2.30 in the morning. And here, here's what the officer said about the incident. He said, this was a heavy residential area with kids walking to school in the next few hours. And while we are sensitive to having to kill the bear, our job is to protect the citizens of our community. Bears are fast and they can climb and the fear at the time with the night shift commander was that if we don't find this bear before daytime we could have an issue. Presumably they'd have an issue in the morning when kids start going to school right in that area. The safety of the community, particularly the children, was our primary issue and the issue of the bear had to become secondary. So with that viewpoint, seeing the context of their situation, they made the decision at that hour hour of night to shoot the bear. Um, they didn't think they could get a DNR specialist out there uh, quickly enough or that they could get a veterinarian out there with anything, any kind of tools at that hour of night to help them uh, tranquilize the bear 
there and they didn't have tranquilizer guns with them in their car because they're so infrequently used. So all of these reasonings were given as the reason they shot the bear. Of course, the outrage in the community in the following days, there were numerous letters to the editor in the newspaper and people were very much upset about the incident. And I recall when it happened at the time, and of course I was upset. I didn't think that they should have killed the bear and um, no one ever wants to see an animal injured. But, you know, in really doing the research on this, I kind of see where they're coming from. Don't necessarily know that, you know, the bear was that big of a threat, but I can see from their point of view and I can uh, kind of understand it. So it was a, a interesting incident. And later that same year, um, there was another bear incident that happened up in Lansing, which was kind of another peculiar thing. And it brought about uh, a new article that this was later in August. The first incident occurred in May. And so by August, there was another incident that occurred just south of Lansing with a bear wandering into a residential area. And uh, they started doing some more research about, you know, a lot of more bear migration was going on around that time. And there had even been a few incidents in other states with uh, bears wandering into cities in Iowa. But the one in Lansing, there had been one in the Lansing area that wandered into a Walmart parking lot in 2005. So they were just kind of doing a comparison. And there was another incident reported where one had been been killed by a car over in Ada and um, just east of Grand Rapids. So there was uh, drawing a connection that, you know, wildlife uh, officials were getting the idea that bears were becoming more bolder and migrating into residential areas um, and perhaps just uh, not being as fearful of humans as they had in the past. In states like Wisconsin estimated their bear population was about 26,000, twice as many as they had previously thought. So the bear populations were increasing. And it was kind of given that maybe they had underestimated the um, resiliency of the bear population and probably had done so in Michigan as well. But anyways, I'm not a, an environmentalist at all in that regard, and I'm certainly not an expert, but I do think interesting bear stories from history certainly are worth looking into and sharing. So those are the stories that I found about bear encounters in Michigan spanning anywhere from the 18 hundreds all the way up to 2008. And I'm sure there are other areas of Michigan that is a lot more common, particularly up in the Upper Peninsula and the northern part of the state around Traverse City and whatnot. So it is a common occurrence when you get up to the northern forested area. It is less common to see it down in the southern part of the state these days. So it's just fun to tell stories about times when they were populated more down here in the Lower Peninsula and how people interact with them and, and what experiences they had. Obviously, the bear stories differ a lot from the wolf stories. The wolves seem to be more predatory, chasing people, going after food that they had killed like deer, and really challenging them. The other incidents where bears attacked seemed like it was a cub or maybe a mother bear protecting a cub, and more often than not, that's probably the case because typically the experiences that I hear uh, when I watch videos or accounts from people regarding their encounters with bears. Take a look at many of the Appalachian Trail hike videos if you have time, and you'll find that most of the encounters are the bear runs away when they see them. So bears typically will try to avoid a situation in most cases. And once again, I'm not a bear expert. 
But I think bear encounters, dangerous bear encounters are less common than perhaps a wolf encounter. Just as a note, one of the people that I, I was talking to on social media after I posted the wolf video told me of an incident that happened very recent history, like in the last five, six years. He was out hunting, um, and I forgot what part of Michigan, it was northern part of the Michigan area somewhere, and I guess he had just killed a deer earlier that morning and still had blood on his clothing, uh, had just done some kind of a field dressing on it, and he got surrounded by 30 wolves and had to kind of um, get himself out of that situation. And fortunately, he didn't have to shoot any of them, it sounds like, but he was uh, certain scared there for a little bit of time, and uh, likely I would have been terrified. So uh, very fascinating story and more interactions with wild animals. But anyways, that's going to do it for today's episode on bear encounters in Michigan. I hope you enjoyed the stories that I told today. Um, if you like the podcast, please take a minute and, and make sure you subscribe to it so you can get the rest of the episodes as they come out. Right now, I'm trying to put out episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays, so I'm hoping that uh, you will join me as we explore more Michigan history. And if you want to find out more about me or support the work that I'm doing, check out my website, michaeldelaware.com. I will put that in the description below. I also have a YouTube channel, Michael Delaware, very easy to find. And with that being said, I hope to see you soon on the next adventure into history. Thanks for listening.